All right, so this is the first um, podcast for JJ and Truce podcast. And we're going to be talking about alcoholism and addiction and coronavirus bullshit. So uh, uh, what do you think about about alcoholism and addiction, JJ? Uh, man, I think it's bullshit. It's ruining people's lives and, you know, ruining part of my life, but, uh, you know, like, like they say in that song, a hundred beds, a hundred bad days makes a hundred good stories. That's right. Um, yeah, like, like personally with me, like it destroyed my whole life. Like some people have the alcoholic gene or they're, everybody's personality is addictive, but some of us, we just got acute sensitivity and we'll just go off the chain and we'll go, uh, We'll be homeless, we'll be, you know, it goes all the way. So certain people have to be very careful. And there's telltale signs like in your teenage years and your high school years where, uh, you know, you just, you're the last one up drinking or you get up in the morning and you're drinking the very next morning. You're just, you're just a little bit different than the rest of, even the partiers, you're just, you're just out there. So, I mean, that, that was what gave me signs right away that, you know, I had that gene and, yeah, and I, and I still didn't listen. I mean, did you listen? No, no. I uh, shoot, man. I had pancreatitis twice. I ended up in the hospital. wasn't allowed to put wasn't allowed to drink water, food for seven days, and I, I couldn't stop. But yeah, I was uh, first thing I woke up. I you know you think I'd think orange juice and eggs, but I was thinking you know cold beer and and uh, and more. I. Um, I was told by many people that I was drinking too much, but you know, even when I was drinking liquor, man, I had the, I had bubbles hitting the top, and just I, I I wanted to be wanted to feel that feeling that we were talking about, you know, to feel that that buzz, and then wanted to I just didn't want it to go away. I wanted to numb life, and like you're saying, not about the partiers. Um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't go out and party. I sat here and made my own party with, you know, me and my cans. It's, it's wild to me, like, um, like I could do it. I did it for 20 years straight. I know a lot of people out there, you're like, oh, I've been doing it for 50. You can do it. It depends how hard, hardcore you do it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. How long the buzz lasts. Because I could carry a buzz from morning to night, and I did that all day, every day, working or not working, for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And competing in sports and doing all kinds of shit. And... There's songs about it when the whiskey stops working and uh, it comes to that point. And uh, I just think it's, this would be educational for those younger ones just so they don't have to go, you know, to hit hit the bottoms. And yeah. and I, I, I hate like when people say, oh, I hit rock bottom. And it's like, man, like that's true. But the more you do it, you're always going to hit a deeper bottom and it's always going to be harder to climb out of. You're going to lose your family, your wife, your kids, your money, your jobs, your car, your license, everything and your life and your sanity. So yeah, somebody you, once told me, they said rock bottom doesn't have to be rock bottom. It can be when you're done digging. Yeah. And, and I, I couldn't do that. You know, I, I couldn't see to the bottom of a small hole. I had, I, I went down to the rock bottom, um, and it felt like rock bottom when I was waking up on a cold jail, jail floor. There was rock bottom, you know. And um, I just, you know, like you say, with the with the younger ones out there, younger kids out there, if you have alcoholics in your family, if your mom or dad drink or your aunts and uncles, um, I would just 
you know, maybe not assume it, but just think that you might have that gene and, um, and just be very careful because if you have it, it's, it's, it's different than just partying with your friends. It's, it can be a very lonely, cost worthy, cost you your family, cost you your friends, cost you your, you know, your mom and dad, you know, your animals, um, your livelihood, you know, and you, you just end up feeling like nothing. We don't, we don't pay attention to it until there's a problem. That's the part, that's the deal. And that alcoholics by nature are, are really stubborn and really whatever. So, I mean, you, I heard all this shit and you're going to hear this shit and you're still going to do it, but play a little closer attention because you don't have to, you don't have to lose your family. You don't have to lose your jobs. And I mean, if you do, I feel sorry for you. I mean, there's a lot of information out there. I would, I think a 12 step program, I go to a 12 step program. And uh, I go to AA, and uh, it is the best therapy in the world for alcoholic or non-alcoholic. You can get through all your character defects. You can find out all the bullshit that you learned in the past. And I'm gonna swear on this podcast. I don't. You it's know, okay. Yeah. And uh, you can, you can all the bullshit you learned from your parents, and they did their best. They're trying to teach you right, but they learn the same bullshit from their parents and then all your peers you learn their bullshit and the ones they left learn from their parents and you got all these lies inside of you you don't even know exist you're just you're just a, a, a needle on a record man and until you and being drunk you can never work on this shit so when you get sober you can work on this shit when you work on this shit then you see you you start to see how the stars tick how do the famous people like the real the world shakers like the Will Smiths and the ones that really got their shit together. It's not an accident, man. They have their shit together and they purposely, they start their morning the same way and they go through their day and the thoughts they think are the same. They, and the thoughts that I thought when I was drunk and even my, through my progression are totally different. I'm a totally different person today. Mm, me too. Yeah. I mean, when I was drinking, I, I couldn't think past, uh, Oh shoot! I couldn't think unless I had a beer, and then I would I, I would need a beer to to get to work to get to where I was going, so I could not have to feel the real feelings in life, and which would make it so I couldn't think as straight as I needed to, which would make it so I'd have to, you know, measure four times and try to cut once instead of getting stuff, you know, the first time and having that clarity to be focused and and have the ambition every single day to go out and do your best for life and wake up the next morning thinking that the day before was worth it, that you actually did everything you could in that day to, uh, to be the best of, of you that you could be and to, and to soar to a new level every single day. And every day you're gonna get hot, better and better and better and higher in a better way than with drugs or alcohol. Uh, drugs wasn't really a really big thing for me. Alcohol though, um, it's, a, it's at every corner, it's, it's on every single commercial they make, they just glorify it. I mean, they, they show commercials with sexy women and bubbles popping and, you know, it's, it's, it's the people that you yoke yourself with, the people that you're around, you know. They say, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's so true if you, if you actually l listen to that. And, and the 12-step program, you go to see these, these people and you, they speak into your lives, you see some pers perspective on, uh, on what can happen, what has happened, probably maybe, and uh, and how you guys um, work through it together. It's uh, it, it 
it's a take one to no one kind of kind of disease um, or an allergy, as they say in AA. That's right, man. I don't like I'm I'm not knocking alcohol and the people that that can go out and have a social drink. I'm, there's nothing wrong with that if if it doesn't take over your life. I'm speaking of the people that that have the gene of alcoholism that when they drink, they cannot stop. Um, you know, and it's simple, and as it don't show up right away, but it's simple. There's two. If you have the, if you don't have the gene of alcohol, you can go out there, you can have a few drinks, you can get a buzz, you can feel good, you can go home, you know, and you you do normal shit. You put the dishes away, you you get your pajamas on, you go to sleep, you wake up, you go to work. If you have the gene of alcoholism when it's full blown, you go out to have a few drinks, and two weeks later, you're waking up under a park bench with a empty bottle of vodka under your hand and you you shit your pants you know what yeah. I mean? you don't know where you're at what you did and and that is a reoccurring theme and you got to do some work man and the thing is we all i have done noticed that i just postponed and i procrastinated the spiritual work that i had to do my whole life and as soon as the bottle hit my lips, there's I didn't care about that work. I didn't care about it. I didn't care about being a better person. I didn't care about finding my life's purpose. It meant nothing, just the drink. So uh, we got to pay attention to that. Yeah, when you see yourself cutting corners in order to get to that bottle, leaving work early, or as soon as you leave work, you're going, you're thinking about getting to the liquor store so that you know your night can be better because you have to drink, drink in order to make your night worth it. Um, you know that that's a good telltale sign. It's it's a it's a trigger. Something that if you can't live without it, it's that's that gene. You know, creeping up as the devil pulling you down. It's uh, you know, I have family members that have this gene also, and you know they uh, they're able to stop drinking for a period of time. But when they do drink, in their off season, we'll say because you know they're there's athletes. They, they hit they drink every single day and night until they have to go back into training and that's their way of coping with the disease if they didn't have the training the sport the the ambition for you know somebody to you know a coach to tell them to to work at it then they'd be maybe falling down the same hole i fell down that's right that's exactly right yeah, like with me, with like I do bodybuilding, and I could on self will for a long time. I could go six months or a year, train for a bodybuilding show, do the show, look fantastic, look like a billion bucks, and then the day after the show, hit the bottle and hit it till like a month till I was on my deathbed, man. And I looked like skin and bones, looked like a a homeless indigent, you know, just horrible. And it's fuck, you know, and that's it, that's it. But it came to a point where I, the self-will went out the window. The disease, it's a progressive disease, so it, it, it gets worse and worse. And then, and then you just can't. You can't quit for six months. You can't even quit for a day. And then you have to have it. And then when it gets to that point, when it gets bad enough, you even quit or you're in jail, you're dead. So uh, you, it's really not even a choice. And then when, if you got God in your life, you reach out, you have to, because you have no other choice. Your family disowned you. Everybody hates you. And you're like, fuck, man, what do I do? You know? So you say, you say a prayer to God. You say, even if it's a nasty prayer, you, 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 you say, please, God, help me. And you know what? He's always right there. And he's never let you go. Even when you're twitching and shaking with the DTs, he's, he's holding you, man. He's there and he's going to raise you up. And when you do it with God, you and God alone, you don't have a human power to 
to say, oh, thanks for, for helping me through this time. You know it was just you and God. Then you got that power, man. Then you can conquer anything in life because it's always going to be you and God. You got, and then you got the added bonuses, say your family after that. But you know you can do it just with you and God, so it's beautiful. Yeah, doing it on your own is the only way to do it. Uh, you know, I thought that I needed my wife and my kids here. I needed a support system, and and honestly, have, not having uh, my support system at home is one of my driving factors. But it's uh, it's also transforming me into a person that I know that myself that I, you know, even all alone, I'm not gonna drink now because it's something that I, I, I'm throwing out of my life so I can make my life a better place. And, and when you're praying about God, and I mean, it can start off, I mean, I, shoot, I, w I was mad. I was really mad at God. And, uh, and, I, and I started off, you know, being mad and, and saying, man, I'm mad at you about all this stuff that's going on in my life. And I would, you know, drink until I didn't have to think about it anymore and then what I did was I turned my back on God, but he never turned his back on me. He was pretty much had his chest right up against my back. And I kept walking away and walking away. And all I had to do was turn around. And when I did turn around, he was right there and ready to fill that void for me. That I had to do it the right way. I, I couldn't be mad at him for anything because this wasn't something that he did. It was something that the devil, you know, put into my life. And I, I accepted that. And, and my choices were to drink that elixir to make me the alcoholic that I became and, uh, and, and the asshole that I became and the, and the jerk and the, the, you know, the guy at the bar that nobody wants to hang out with and you gotta go back to the bar the next day and find out from the owner you know, what you did and why he won't let you in the next day because of what they have on their cameras and, and that, <laughs> that feeling of guilt are just, is just, uh, it sucks. And, and, and we can laugh about it and laugh about it and laugh about it all day because, I mean, there's plenty of times that, you know, our drunk stories are going to gonna keep us drinking because the next day when you're telling your friends, you guys are laughing about, you know, the stupid shit you did and, you know, you were trying to eat protein powder because you couldn't find food and you were starving. And so you go to the kitchen and just start scooping it out without putting it in a shake or nothing. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's hopeless, man. <laughs> I mean, you'd be... I mean, there's just a, there's just a million things that you're gonna do stupid that you might laugh about the next day and and time after time, but you you're gonna keep going back to drinking and then those stupid things are gonna happen. Eventually, you're just gonna feel stupid for doing a bunch of stupid shit, and then you're gonna feel broke because you will be broke because you spent all your money on liquor so that you could get maybe 12 hours of numbness where you couldn't think past your own dick <laughs> that's it man i remember i freaking uh i barred from every bar in my county every single bar and these were shithole bars man these were dark dirty gloomy evil people bars man i'm barred from these joints and like my friends you know they come home from college or whatever back in the day and He'd be like, hey, man, let's go down this one. Let's go. I'm like, dude, I can't get in there. We got we to gotta go to like two counties over because I was such an alcoholic, you know, so it's silly, man. But, uh, yeah, we wrapped it up, man. What do you, JJ, you got anything else? Yeah, uh, the entire country, Canada, I'm not allowed to go there. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and it's not for assaulting a stripper. Nope, nope, not the first time either. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's, uh, it, it, it's a disease. It's scary. Um it's scary when you find out that you have it. And, and when you find out you have it, it's a, it's a low place. Um, 
So if you can get to an AA meeting, if you can get to a Celebrate Recovery meeting, if you can get online, go to Zoom, if you can, you know, listen to this podcast and it helps you out. If there's, you know, a way you can reach out to people around you, there's meetings everywhere. You just type in AA near me on on the internet and you will find meetings nearby. And I encourage you to just check one out. I never, ever, ever thought it would help me. Yeah. And I am blown away by the fact that I'm here 40 days sober and AA is one of the con- main contributing factors to my recovery. Yeah, that's it, man. And right now I'm 60 days sober. And it's it's like, but I went, like I was saying, years and, and months and all this shit, but it doesn't matter unless you... Unless you work on these things, and AA is the perfect place to do it. If, unless you work on these things, you're always going to get drunk again. And I was so scared, and I was like, screw those people, and they're going to judge me. I walked in there, man, they, they took the shirt off for me. They gave me their phone numbers. They say, call at 3 in the morning, whatever. So don't let that fear fuck with you, man. Get out there, find a meeting, and uh, this, this, this is not pussy shit. This, this is man shit. This will get you... Everything you think a man has, like oh, he's a, they will get you that life, man. You can you can be whoever you want to be. Can make right. your dreams come true. That's right, baby. That's right. Now, God bless you. This is JJ and Truth signing off. Love you guys.